please make sure that your seatbelt securely fastened. At this time, I ask that all portable electronic devices be turned off. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Vagabond Exchange. Coming to you on a lovely, semi-sunny afternoon mm-hmm. here in Nashville, Tennessee, is Emily and William. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Captain. We have a very long weekend ahead and of we us. We do have a long weekend, as somehow our company managed to give us Martin MLK? Luther King Day off. Yeah. What's that about? I don't we know. We usually don't get that off. We got so. it off last year. Did we? Yep. Last year was the first year. Oh. All right, then. So, there you go. There you go. So, that's why we're so excited. Normally, we drone on because we know we have to go to work tomorrow. The next day, yeah. But today is late and, and fun. Today is just a lounging day and plenty of... You got the NFL playoffs going on. That's correct. So, Emily and I are just cooling out, watching TV, watching movies, eating good food, And drinking, drinking good wine. That's right. Which today's special... <laughs> is Evolution, which is my all-time favorite. It's technically a blend, but it looks like a white wine. Um, And it's delicious. It's from a vineyard in um, Oregon Mm -hmm. called the Sockle Sockle Blosser Winery. And Evolution is very tasty. I'd recommend it. Almost tastes like it has a little bit of carbonation. has a little bit of a bite to it. Yeah. I like it. So we'll be drunk again by the end of this podcast. Yes, we will. Thanks for listening. Yep. We apologize in advance. How's it going, William? It's going well. I'm, have, I'm doing well. Did you have a good week? Yeah, it was not bad. Not, just a, not bad, but not good. Just a regular week. <laughs> you know, still trying to get in the flow of things with right. the holidays being over. The holidays are difficult to recover from. Yeah. Especially after you take a nice... Trip. Long, yeah. And both of us took a lot of time off of work as well. Right. So it takes a while to find your groove. Yeah. How was your week? It was good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I guess, do you want to talk about a couple of things that happened this week? I guess the first thing we should mention, mm-hmm. which is on everybody's mind, Tuesday right. evening, Tuesday afternoon, there was an earthquake in uh, Haiti. Yes. And I guess at this point, I think there's like a 200,000 um, dead, they right. figure. Plus, yeah, right. 200,000 plus. So, and they have mass graves and yes. tons of missing people. So, it's a rather tragic event. Yes. And um, I guess Barack Obama and President uh, Bush and Bill Clinton... Mm-hmm. All met, and uh, Bush and Clinton are going over to Haiti and try to give them some aid, some support. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, and there's a lot of relief effort happening. Right. Red Cross, UNICEF. Yeah, I think the great thing now with uh, technology is like this whole thing where you can text mm-hmm. and text Donate. a donation. And I think they've made. I think the last I saw, they had made like 13 million. Yeah. From the text, and even like the grocery store. They have little things you can scan 
to donate five or ten or twenty dollar donations. Oh, really? Yeah, that's really good. It is really good because it's convenient. Which I know your charitable contribution shouldn't be convenient, but it's nice when it can be. Yeah, it makes it easier. Exactly, and it's I'm more inclined to give if all I have to do is say, yeah, yeah swipe that. Right. If you're on the run. Right. Yeah. And the other thing is, what I will say is, every time now, like I've been to like various places of commerce in the last few days Mm -hmm. so pretty much every time i see that they have that i'm like oh yes please throw a few bucks in here and there right so it's probably more than i would give in a when you have to think about it exactly yeah it's like when you go through line although this is more of a guilt guilt thing like when you're going through a grocery line and they have these big bags of groceries during the holidays yeah. and they're like, Would you like to help out a family? It's only twenty five dollars. And like yeah. I see like my grocery tabs like seventy five dollars right. or something, I'm like, Okay. Yeah. No. All this money that I spend on myself and then I can't spend Just bought a case of beer. I can't afford this. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So but it's yeah, a good thing. It is a good thing. And I think uh all these people out here that are trying to politicize it, whether they be Democrat or Republican this isn't a moment for mm-hmm. politics. Stop doing so, that. Yep. Pat Robertson. Pat Robertson, Rush Limbaugh. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did we want to... Well, there was something else that happened this week. What uh, happened? Well, Mark McGuire, the former St. Louis Cardinal, Oakland A. Douchebag First baseman. Yeah. Right. Finally admitted that he was a steroid user for a significant period during his baseball career. And he was using when he broke the uh, Roger Maris's, I think it was Roger Maris's record for the number of single-season home runs. Right. Which was later broken by Barry Bonds, who... Also cheated. Who we all assume cheated. We know he cheated. He just hasn't admitted it yet. Right. Like everybody, or like most people. But he, I mean, he had positive test results for it, Yes, he did. So he did. Yes, he cheated. So, uh, what do you think? How does that make you feel about Mark McGuire, the fact that he finally came out and well, said that he did it? Well, I don't feel like he's done us any service by admitting it. I mean, he already got caught, and then he denied it after he got caught. Right. And now he's come out and said, and, and not only that, but all of the uh, sound bites that I've heard and read that he's given is like, I'm so, you know, it was so bad that I was came up in baseball around the steroid era. Yeah, I'm like, like really? You're blaming, blaming the, it on yeah, the steroid era? The environment area? he was in. Like, he didn't have a choice. Exactly. Like, gosh, it sucks that I went to college because there was so much pot there. Right. Like, that's that's ex- essentially what he's trying to say. Right. So I'm just, I'm not impressed. And we're both big baseball fans, so it's just disappointing to see, like, these people. Like, I think about when I was a kid and players that I idolized, like, to find out later that they didn't meet those things that I was idolizing them for right. for the right reasons is crappy. Yeah. Well, you think about after the there was a, a season where there was a strike. Right. And then the following season is when you had Sosa and Maguire in this big home run race. Exactly. And then to find out that it was nothing but a fraud, that Sosa cheated, that Maguire cheated. And then Barry Bonds started cheating based on all the accolades that Maguire was getting. Exactly. And so all three of these guys were my heroes back then because in my mind it never occurred to me that these people were cheating. I didn't not until later. No. But I'm seeing these them knock out these home you know, make knock these home runs that are just astronomical. Insane. Right. But I never thought 
I guess it should have registered, though, because I remember Mark McGuire being slimmer. Well, that's what now it does. Right. Because, like, when I see old baseball games where he's playing or I see just, like, clips of him, now I'm like, no way. This guy, like, doubled in size right. in a matter of, like, eight years. So, and Sammy Sosa was the same. He was thinner. Yeah. And Barry Bonds is like a string bean. Exactly. I mean, he was, now he's like a Mack truck. Yeah, and his head was like a, you know, a, a cantaloupe. That's right. how big it got. So. So he's so now. I mean, looking back now, it does. But the other thing that bothers me about all three of these players is that somebody had to have. I mean, I find it difficult to to think that like the managers didn't know this was happening, that trainers didn't know this was happening. There were tons of people around them that just facilitated this happening. Right. That bothers me too because then it's almost like it's encouraged. You know, it's encouraged. Right. And so to to McGuire's credit, when he says. You know, I hate that I came up in the steroid era. It's happening all around you, and everybody's encouraging it, and nobody's blowing the whistle. You can see how somebody can get swept. I mean, I can I can understand getting swept up in that. Everybody thinks you're fantastic. You're just like... Right. You get the flashbulbs popping all around you. Exactly. You're on the cover of ESPN Magazine or whatever. Right. Yeah, I mean, I can see how that can be intoxicating and hard to let go of something like that but but i think where he went wrong where sammy sosa went wrong where barry bonds went wrong is that they all denied it on the front end like just admit it you got caught say you're sorry and move on don't come out what is, what is this like five years later he comes out and says oh yeah i cheated right like, it's just been burdening your conscience for the well last it's like i'm i'm about to get back in the game so i guess i should admit <laughs> you know since i'm going to be a hitting coach right which, what advice do you give now if, you know, someone's not hitting well? Exactly. Practice. Just shoot a needle in your ass. It helps every time. Mm-mm. But, and Tony La Russa acts like he didn't know what was going yeah, on. He knew. They knew. Everybody right. knew. They had to. Yeah. So. My and own- I almost disrespect them more because they were, they, you know, any member of a team can, can choose to make a bad decision that'll impact the team. But you're in charge. Like, right. you're the one who has to stop that stuff from happening. I don't believe that he didn't know. Yeah, I don't either. And I, I hope that uh, this doesn't the, – the Hall of Fame voters don't go, okay, now he's admitted it. Let's mm-hmm. put him through. Because if he used for like a decade, mm-hmm. then he the majority of his it, numbers yeah. are, are you know false right. or fraud. So he doesn't deserve to be in the Hall, Hall of Fame. I think they need to strip him of his home run record, but that's just me. Well, first they need to strip Barry – because Barry Bonds broke his Mark yeah. McGuire. They, yeah. And the fact is, nobody even talks about Barry Bonds. He broke the most, you know, coveted record in sports to me. Yeah, exactly. The the home run, you know, most home runs, Hank Aaron. I think most people still consider Hank Aaron the home run king. I think so, too. Rightfully so, anyway. So, Mark McGuire, downgrade. Exactly. I'll be booing the Cardinals this year. Boo to you. We should go to a Cardinals game just to boo him. Boo. Boo. We saw some movies this week. We did. A couple. Yes. A couple three, a couple two. Two, yes. Um, last week, we went and saw Youth in Revolt, starring Michael Cera and Zach Galifianakis and Ray Liotta and Jean... Jean um, Smart. Jean Is it Smart? Smart. And I don't know who the girl was who yeah. played the love interest. I can't remember. But she was pretty good, too. Yeah. What did you think? Oh, well, I should probably tell tell them what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? Youth and Revolt is about 
um, Michael Sarah's character, who is an adolescent young man who's trying to find his way through adolescence and subsequently trying to get laid. Um, he meets a girl at the strange camp, which we need to talk about in a second, but we'll get there. Okay. Some, some sort of strange trailer park resort. And uh, whose name is Janie, right? Sheenie. Sheenie. Okay. Gosh, we're it's been a, off, uh, yeah. off kilter today. Yeah. Sheenie was her name. Um, and when she shuns him because he's too sweet and too nice, he creates kind of an alter ego for himself called Francois Dillinger, who has a weird mustache and wears loafers and pants that are too short. He's very French. Yeah. Um, and and then, smokes. Exactly. And then he gets into all sort of, does all sort of bad things for to win Sheenie's affection. Um, that's about it. Yeah. Um, so what did you think? Um, I thought it was a humorous movie, yeah. although it seemed like the majority of the funny parts you see in the commercial. Yes, indeed. And Michael Sarah, the the regular character, is pretty much the same guy you see in all the movies. Right. The one thing that did stand out to me was the bad boy character or something a little bit different, different. for me and new. Right. And I'd almost like to see more of that kind of guy. Because he was really a badass and not a very likable fellow. No, he wasn't. But he was smooth and yeah. something you never, you've never seen Michael Sarah do before. No. So that was kind of cool. It was it was a funny movie. Yeah, that's how I felt too. I liked it. It was cute. There's little funny moments and coming of age tales are always humorous. Yeah. And um, good good jobs by Zach Gal a good job by Zach Galifianakis, who's of course been in everything that's been out in the last year and a half. Exactly. Yeah. And so he he doesn't have a huge role in the movie, but he's funny, of he's course, funny. in the role that he he's in. And Ray Liotta also kind of funny. Jean, I like Jean Smart's character too. She played kind of a slutty mom. She she does that well. Yeah, she, she was does. kind of that way in uh, Garden State. Yes, she was. Yeah. She's done that in a few like um, made for TV movies too. Yeah. So. So I'd recommend seeing it. It was pretty good. Yeah. It wasn't anything to... I didn't get, like, super pumped about it, but I laughed. And, yeah. you know, Michael Sierra does always play the same role, but I don't care. <laughs> He's good at it. He is good at it, but eventually that's going to run but out. But you have to admit the bad boy was a little bit different. It was, it was a, little a departure different. from what you're used to seeing. And he was still funny without being... It was it was kind of sarcastic for, for the movie. Right. So it was it worked. Yeah. It suited him. Oh, and Justin Long. Justin Long also had a small part in that movie. He right. was very funny. And Steve Buscemi. Yeah. All of them yeah. had kind of smaller ro- roles, but kind of added to it. So it was an interesting cast, interesting little story. I couldn't figure out where it was set. Was it set in like the late 70s or something? Uh, it, that was a weird thing to me. And the, the part where these two characters meet, the lead male and the lead female character, was that they say that they're going to a camp, don't they? But it's like a weird camp because there's like big like trailer park Trailers. homes yeah. there, and then some people had like mobile homes. But yeah. Steve Bouchant, like his dad, lives there too. It's just weird. So I didn't really understand that part. Do you know it's Jim Carrey's birthday today? Is it? He's forty-eight. 48. Oh, wow. Forty-eight. Happy birthday, Jim Carrey! Because mm-hmm. we know you're listening. <laughs> so so um, wow. What kind of what? Well, I'm I'm trying to look it up so that we can give our rankings. It's not even in the top ten. It just came out oh, a week ago. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, William's looking this up now on IMDb.com so we can both give our 
ratings to see how we match up with the rest of the nation. Yep. I'd give it a six and a half. I'd give it a 6.3. Okay. Can you scroll down a little bit? Sure. Please. I'd like to see who the female... Portia Doubleday. That's who played Sheenie Saunders. And, that's all I- and this is based on a book as well, which I didn't know. I kind of want to read it. Yeah. We're seeing, there's a lot of movies based on books, books coming lately. out lately. Yeah. yeah. So I couldn't, there's, there, I wasn't able to do any comparison with the book, which is usually what I like to do. Right. Which is what we'll I wish do. I could have done with the next movie we're right. going to talk about. Anyway. The Lovely Bones. Yes. Yesterday, William and I went to see The Lovely Bones, which can we please just talk about the movie theater for a second? Uh, okay. No, you don't want to? No, go ahead. So William and I met at our usual cinematic stomping ground, Hollywood 27, here in Nashville, Tennessee. And we were there last week, almost exactly a week ago. And William and I prefer to use the credit card movie ticket machine as opposed to standing in line and interacting with a human. Mm-hmm. Not because we don't like interacting with humans. Well, well we don't like interacting I, with There's humans. A diff, probably a different reason why you don't like interacting than why I don't like interacting. <laughs> really? Yes. Well, we'll talk about that offline. <laughs> but mostly the reason we don't like interacting with humans in this capacity is because it's easier just to use the machine. There's never a line there. You get in, get out, quit messing about. Right. Last week, both machines broken. This week, both machines broken. Emily, irritated. Fix the machine, or staff your uh, your staff enough people there so that people Those, don't have to wait in line for hours on end to I get agree. a ticket. Those machines, yeah, have more than one person. Or what did, did they have yesterday? Two people. They had two at the windows. Whatever it takes to get the people in, because they still have to go to concessions. Exactly. So you have to keep all that in mind. And the concessions there is always backed up, too. Yeah. We don't usually have that kind of trouble when we go to other places in Nashville. Right. So Hollywood 27, if you're listening, you need to beef up your stuff, because I'm two points away from boycotting your establishment. But those those, uh, kiosks, Mm -hmm. like... Those two at Hollywood 27, and then there's one at Green Hills in Nashville. Right. It seems like they're frequently broken, even at Green Hills. Yeah, they are broken at Green Hills. It seems to me that you would keep these things up and running. Right. Because a lot of people use them. Right. Well, actually, a lot of people don't use them. Have you Not as many many as the people that go to the window. Right. But a lot of young people use them. Yes, yes. And so it seems to me that you would... It shouldn't take two weeks to get these things fixed. No, that's what I found to be unacceptable. If it was your popcorn machine, it'd be fixed right away. Right. It's, you know, income. Maybe that's the problem. They, they'll they sell tickets one way or then another. That's true. But still. And, and I think about, like, and of course, Nashville is a smaller market. But when we visit other cities and we go to the movies, they, they have always banks work. of those automated machines. They're a little bit better because they're, like, touchscreen. Exactly. And, yeah. That's they'll true. Have a, they'll have, you know, a wall of like eight of those. Right. And so th- they can have one person manning the ticket counter. And you, you see no one standing in line to get a ticket and people waiting to get to the, so the maybe automated kiosk. That's one positive about going to an AMC theater. It's because in Seattle and Chicago and San Francisco, I think those were those all were AMCs. AMCs. Good call. Yep. So, yes, we went to see The Lovely Bones. Yes. Um, and you may have to pull this one up and just not look at the score because I ha- don't remember who was in it at all. Um, um, oh, wait. Yes, I do. Uh, yeah. um, Mark Wahlberg. 
uh, Rachel, Rachel Weiss. Weiss. Um, the young lady, I don't Stanley know. Stanley Tucci. Stanley, yeah. yeah. Stanley Tucci. I don't remember who plays um, Susie uh, Salmon. Yeah. I can't remember her Michael Imperioli name. plays a cop. Yes. Um, Susan Sarandon. Susan Sarandon. Also in this movie. Right. Um, and Lovely Bones is based on the novel by Alice Siebold called Lovely Bones, which I read, pro- it's probably been six or seven years, so it's been a little while. Okay. But it's about a girl who is murdered, and her, basically, she kind of stays with her family in some capacity as sort of this soul. And in the movie, they call it the in-between, and they sort of allude to that in the book as well. But, um it, and sort of guides these different people to her killer's whereabouts. And you sort of see how her friends and family react to her absence, both as they kind of start to unravel or come together at different times throughout the movie. Right. Oh, I have no idea how Sal- to pronounce it. Sal-er-C-y Ronan? Sal-er-C- She's new. Sal-er-C-y Ronan. Yeah. We'll call her that. Mm-hmm. Um, plays Susie Salmon. I have to say I liked her in the movie. She was good. She, her character was good. Mm-hmm. Okay, do you want to go first? You go first. I'll go first. I never read the book. I haven't read the book, and I would like to read the book now. Okay. Um, I didn't care for the movie. Okay. It made me feel icky. I went into the movie. once. My idea was that this young lady was murdered, and in my head she was raped. I don't know, but that's the impression I got. I mean, this the character, the Stanley Tucci character, seemed to like young women. Right. Um, she, and I will say in the book, she's raped. She's raped. And they go into more detail about the rape. I don't know if they were... Sorry to interrupt you. No. I don't know if they were trying to keep in line with like a ratings thing or what, but I was kind of well, I'm glad they that didn't. That, I'm glad they didn't go into that detail. Well, I didn't want them to necessarily go into the detail, but I didn't think... I felt like they didn't feel tr- stay true to the story with that by just alluding to it. Like, that's kind of a big topic to just yeah, I mean, ice over. True. And maybe they figured a lot of people going in would know about the story. That's what I don't know. I kind of thought. But, um, and I guess this is rated PG-13. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. It's directed by Peter Jackson, who did uh, King Kong and the Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I had several problems with the film. One is, like I just said, when something that traumatic happens to a young woman, mm-hmm. all I want is resolution to the crime. Right. And so when she goes into this kind of other world where she's in the in-between and it's uh, the hereafter, she's trying to get to the other side or whatever, it's hard to focus on that, that world. And, and visually, it was impressive, some of the special effects and stuff that they did with the other world in which she was in. But I didn't really, I was focused on getting this resolved, this, right. this murder resolved. Right. And so that part, I couldn't connect with it. Uh, there was a movie that came out a couple of years ago. It's probably been 15 years called uh, What Dreams May Come with okay. Robin Williams, where I think it has to do with suicide or something. Okay. And it, you all, it has Cuba Gooding as well. And he also goes into this kind of other world. And that had a lot more, prof- pro- a much more profound effect on me than this movie did. As far as that's concerned, the afterlife and this girl trying to get to the other side. And, right. Um, another thing is Stanley Tucci... He he already kind of looks slimy to me. Mm-hmm. So when he plays these parts, Where he's, uh, it's just like he fits right in. I, I'd rather see him in like uh, Devil Wears Prada or Julie and Julia. 
I like him in a smarter, snappy role. Too. Right. You're right. You're right. Um, but he plays. I have to say, he plays he played, the skeevy guy. Uh, he the well. played the character very well. Yeah. And that's maybe that's because I was more focused on him than anybody else. Yeah. You know, getting this guy. Right. Mark Wahlberg. I like Mark Wahlberg, but he plays one emotion well, or two emotions well, which is like intensity mm-hmm. and anger. Right. I didn't really buy his sadness as as a father. The pain, the heart wrenching. I didn't. The heart wrenching okay. pain as a, as a father. Uh, Rachel Weiss, I liked. I thought she did a really good job as a mother and kind of, you know, the conflict there. But with her and Mark Wahlberg, Susan Sarandon, I loved. I thought she was probably the best part of the film. Yeah, she was great. Um, so, but yeah, overall, I, I can't say that I really enjoyed the movie. And I think I liked it only slightly more than you did. Okay. First of all, I was irritated. Well, I saw you getting a little bit emotional. I, there were very touching parts but that mostly have to do with, like, family. But I'll say this. There's a lot of... If you've read the book, don't expect this to be like the book. There's a lot of departures. And I will say this. It's been a while, so I may not be remembering things correctly. But the book focuses... There's this love interest that Susie, the girl who gets murdered, has at the beginning of the book. And the book follows this this young man in this girl who she was kind of a friend to, um, Ruth, who mm-hmm. I don't know who that character was, follows them much more in the book than it did in the movie. These these two characters are only briefly mentioned, yeah. I think, once or twice. So I was annoyed with that because they kind of like, Susie kind of watches them and you see like how her love for him, even though it evolves differently than what she it would have been if she was on Earth, you sort of see what it's like when she's sort of looking at him from this bird's eye view. Right. So that was one thing that annoyed me because I wanted to see more of that rather than just focusing on this family kind of unraveling. The book also was different in that regard. I don't remember certain things that happened with this family happening in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also remember it being much more somber. Like this... this uh, the movie makes it, the movie heightens it a bit. There, It's a lot angrier, a lot louder than I remember the book being. Right. So there were those two things. I also felt like and sometimes like I was watching The Lord of the Rings, and I don't want to really? watch The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> okay. I want to watch The Lovely Bones. So that annoyed me as well. Like the real, the bright green hues and like the rolling, that felt very okay. Lord of the Ringish. So that was annoying to me as well. I liked the I, I liked Mark Wahlberg's character. I actually was kind of surprised at how he was as a father because I was like, really, Mark Wahlberg, you're trying to be a dad, really. But I was surprised a little bit more at how, because I think dads, I think men tend to react in anger, mm-hmm. especially when something really tragic happens to one of their children. So I thought he did good with that. And I also liked kind of the tender times where you saw him as well. That's true. Um so I thought his character was well. I actually didn't buy Rachel Vice's. You didn't like her. I, I liked. I mean, I liked her. Like I thought, I liked her at first, but then kind of the reaction to Susie's death, I didn't really like. I just didn't. I didn't buy it as much. Okay. Um, and I liked the the girl who played her sister. Yeah, she was she really was, good. She was pretty good. So I mean, it was it was just okay to me. I had high expectations for it because I really loved the book, and it was a book one of few books that I've gotten emotionally invested in. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ending was a little bit different, so just don't expect the book when you when you go see it at the movie, or you'll be disappointed. Or I, you'll probably be disappointed anyway. But I think if this was just a, a crime movie, almost like 
well, I don't want to say Silence of the Lambs, but a movie kind of similar to that where mm-hmm. you're trying to get a case resolved. Right. And you have the parents that are upset and they're trying to figure out why, what happened to their daughter. But when you when it went into this otherworldly kind of thing, I felt like I was being, or they were trying to manipulate me emotionally and I wasn't buying into it. Okay. But uh, all the parts away from that, I, I enjoyed. Right. Stanley Tucci plays the scummy guy very well yes very scary guy i don't want to live near this guy no michael imperioli i like him as an actor and he's good as the cop he plays that same kind of character but i like him in that that role and susan sarandon if it was a better movie i'd almost say best supporting actress kind of nomination i thought she was really good yes so i agree i liked her i liked her character probably the best out of everyone right so so i mean i would probably wait for this to come out netflix it or get it on video. It's not worth the ticket price to see it in the I, movies. I agree. So, are we going to give our ratings now, William? Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, I'm going to give it a five point seven. I'll give it the same. Six point nine. So, hmm. so, yeah, and Steven Spielberg was a, an executive producer, I think. So, I had high expectations going in. I did too. The special effects were pretty cool, I'll have to say that. They were good. And Peter Jackson's good at that. But Yeah. But yeah. again, this isn't Lord, Lord of, the of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, yeah. And okay. we should watch, watch What Dreams May Come. And I don't yes, remember loving it, but I remember it just having a powerful Touching effect on me. Yeah. So. What do we have coming up? Um, Anything? Anything we care to, to share? Well, we need to catch up on our old, you know, before the Academy Awards yes, come out. Yes, we do. There's Young Victoria we need to see. We still haven't seen Avatar. A single man. A single man. We haven't seen The Blind Side, which is my fault. Right. So there are a number of <laughs> <laughs> there are a number of movies uh, that we still need to see. Let's see what's coming out and next week. We haven't seen It's Complicated. We should probably see that. Should we? I'm not. I have no interest in seeing that. Is that bad? I don't either. But if we're professional moviegoers, <laughs> <laughs> which I think we are at this point. Legion's coming out. Oh, and Tooth Fairy with The Rock. Yeah. I've really been looking forward to that. Extraordinary Measures, which... We're both kind of on the fence. I'm not on the fence. I don't want to see it. Okay. Then I'm on the fence. That's next week. And then the following, When in Rome, Edge of Darkness, the Mel Gibson. We're kind of on the fence on that one. Mm -hmm. We are kind of on the fence on that one. So... There aren't that many movies coming in. This is kind of the week period. This will be a good time for us to catch up then on yeah. what we need to see. The Wolfman comes out in February, so I kind of want to see I'm that. I'm interested in that, too. Um, Valentine's Day. I think you had some interest in seeing that. I do. So we so, have until February kind of to catch up. Yeah, so our movie re- reviews may be a little light in the in-between, as long as if we can't catch up on our right. Academy Awards stuff. Hey, Mom. Yes, you. Why fuss and fret about dinner? Why not have it right here? Yes, this drive-in offers everyone in the family a real picnic treat for dinner. We've got delicious sandwiches with all the trimmings and your other dinner favorites, plus whatever you want to drink, hot or cold. So why fuss? Give your family a tasty dinner at this drive-in. Today, this evening, we'll be viewing the Golden Globes. I've actually been looking forward to this your whole life episode of our podcast Have this you? and the academy award one yes should be fun yes so um we'll probably post this show after the Glo- golden globes are off over off whatever um so you'll have to trust that s- we, trust that we didn't watch this when we made our predictions that's right yeah 
So, so you want to just run down the list? Yes. And we should also say that the Academy Award picks that we make will be a little bit more uh, genuine. or Yes. more inv- We'll invest more time in those. Right. Because we'll see a lot more movies, hopefully, before those come out. We haven't seen everything that we would have liked to have seen before this one came out. Right. So we'll try to catch up before the next award show. Yep. So you want to start with the big one? Sure. Okay. We'll just go down the line. Sounds good. Okay. First up is best motion picture. Is that drama? Is that like a special category? Well, drama because then they'll have uh, comedy and musical. I guess I didn't realize that they broke them up that way. For yeah, Golden Globes. Okay. And, and that's uh, one more thing. No when the God. Academy Awards comes come out, they're going to have ten best pictures picture nominees. Yeah. We should guarantee that we see all ten. All ten. I'm on board. Okay. And we've seen, I think, the majority of what will be nominated. Yeah, I think so. so. Okay. So for best motion picture drama, we have Avatar, which of course we mentioned we have not seen. The Hurt Locker, which we did a review of a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And Glorious Bastards also did a review on this podcast. Precious, we saw a few weeks ago. And Up in the Air, we saw over the holidays. Right. So are you going to go first or are you going to make me say mine? Um, I'll go first. Okay. It's, I'm very, very torn. Between well, we haven't seen Avatar, right? Um, but I think we can both agree that that's probably not going to win anyway. Right. And I wouldn't pick it anyway, just from what I've known of it. Right. So, go ahead. I'm torn between the Hurt Locker and Up in the Air. Me too. And I'm almost. I wish Up in the Air was in the comedy musical category. Me too. Um, because I'm just going to have to slightly side with the Hurt Locker. Uh, it's an excellent movie. I went in really not knowing what it was about, just because you said you wanted to see it, but I, I had really no idea. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought we had talked about it. Um, the acting's great. The direction's great. Catherine Bigelow, I believe, is mm-hmm. the, the director. So Up in the Air is also a wonderful movie. Right. But I'm just going to just inch a little bit towards the Hurt Locker for best picture, motion picture drama. But if Up in the Air wins, I won't be disappointed. too disappointed. If I had to go by which one I liked the best, I'd say Up in the Air. Right. But if I had to go by which I thought was the better movie, I'd say The Hurt Locker. I guarantee you I'll be purchasing Up in the Air and mm-hmm. watching it from time to time. Um, the Hurt Locker, I'll probably watch again, but not as many times as yeah. Up in the Air. The Hurt Locker, we talked about this when we reviewed it. It's just a different story. Right. You don't feel good when you leave the movie theater. You don't feel good while you're watching it. Right. But it doesn't take away from how... Uh, spot on the intensity and um anxiety all, all the emotions that i would imagine you feel during war i felt like they captured to a perfect little t in yeah. that movie. you have tension right from the beginning exactly all the way through yes. so so the hurt locker for both of us on best picture motion picture drama, drama. Yeah. uh best performance by an actress in a motion picture drama we have Emily Blunt for The Young Victoria. We have not seen that. No. Actually, we've only seen two of these. Right. <laughs> uh, Sandra Bullock, The Blind Side, Helen Mirren, The Last Station, Carrie Mulligan, which we saw in An Education, mm-hmm. and Gabori Sidibe, uh, or Gabori. Gabori Sidibe um, from Precious. So I'm going to pick based on who I think will win. Okay. Because if i had to choose between carrie Mo- these five and we've only seen an education in precious i probably wouldn't pick those two right um so i'm going to say that sandra bullock's going to walk away with the golden globe i think she is too 
But I would have loved to have seen Gabrielle Sidibe. I think she could she could win this. I think Sandra Bullock's more likely because it's the Golden Globes. I right. bet Gabrielle Sidibe would Sidibe would probably win an Oscar for that. I disagree. But we'll see. I think she was good in the movie, but I I wasn't knocked out by her performance. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Sandra Bullock, and I, we need to see The Blind Side. And when we see it, I'll give my reasons as to why we haven't seen it yet. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, the next is Best Performance by an Actor in a Motion Picture Drama. And we have Jeff Bridges in Crazy Heart, George Clooney in Up in the Air, Colin Firth in A Single Man, Morgan Freeman in Invictus, and Tobey Maguire in Brothers. And we have seen Crazy Heart, Open Air, and Brothers. Right. I've heard really good things about Colin Firth's performance in A Single Man. Mm-hmm. So, but I think Jeff Bridges will win. Um, this is a very tough category because I've also heard Morgan Freeman is very good in Invictus. Invictus. Right. Has he won a Golden Globe before? He may have won for a Million Dollar Baby because he won the Oscar for that. That's right. And he may have won for Driving Miss Daisy. I don't know. Um but I agree with you, um, Jeff Bridges, just because he's been nominated four times and he's never won. Mm-hmm. And, and I does, really thought the performance Yeah, he does a great performance. Um, George Clooney, I love George Clooney's performance in Up in the Air, but yeah, Jeff mm-hmm. Bridges. And I don't think for either of those roles, it was a departure for either of those two actors. I mean, you've seen them in those types of roles in the past, but I don't know, Je- Jeff Bridges really sold me on that. I really liked him in that movie. Yeah. I think it was more a departure for Jeff Bridges, in my opinion, than it was for George Clooney. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, okay. So we're both in agreement. So far, we're in agreement for everything. Mm. Except sort for, of. yeah, you kind of Gabori Sidibe, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, the reason I say Gabori Sidibe is because you know how sometimes when a movie comes out, especially if it has someone that no one's heard of before, it's sort of trendy. Right. Like you see these award shows sort of following trends. So that's why I kind of wonder if she'll take it because like it's a upset. trendy thing to do. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, oh, here's this breakout actress. Let's give her. Yeah. Kudos. Maybe. We'll see. Um, next up is Best Motion Picture Comedy or Musical. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, 500 Days of Summer which we saw, The Hangover, which we saw, It's Complicated, which we did not see, Julie and Julia, which we saw, and Nine, which we unfortunately saw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm ha- going to have to go with Julie and Julia on this one. Um, I'm with you all the way on that. Really? That movie really, I, that that's one of my me. favorite movies of the summer. I love that movie. Yeah, me too. The Hangover was great, but I mean, it's... Old school and like yeah. spring breaky type of movie. I'm yeah. not sure you give We've a golden globe to it. Yeah, right. So sorry, nine. <laughs> no love. Nope. No love from the vagabond exchange. Um, so next we have best performance by an actress in a motion picture, comedy, or musical. Sandra Bullock for the proposal. Marion Cotillard for nine. Julia Roberts in Duplicity. Meryl Streep. It's complicated. And Meryl Streep for Julie and Julia. Is this the first time someone's ever been nominated? Twice in the same, same category? category? I, I doubt it. I'm sure it's happened before. But, okay. Um, I'm going to do a who should win and who could, who will win. Okay. Who should win? Meryl Streep. Who right. will win? Meryl Streep. I love Mary, M- Marianne Cotillard's performance in Nine. Right. 
Um, but Meryl Streep and Julie and Julia just, I mean, she made the movie as rich and tasteful as all the food, you know, right. in the movie. She was awesome in that film. Yes, so. she was. And I agree. Okay. Enough said. <laughs> um, best performance by an actor in a motion picture, comedy, or musical. We have Matt Damon for The Informant. Daniel Day-Lewis in Nine. Robert Downey Jr. in Sherlock Holmes. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, 500 Days of Summer. And Michael Stolberg, A Serious Man. And we have actually seen all of these. We have. Indeed. Yes. Um, Go ahead. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This one's actually going to be pretty easy for me, even though I didn't know until this morning that Matt Damon was actually nominated. (laughs) Right. We were having a... We were both rather... uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Incensed. Right. That he hadn't been nominated, and then we were promptly corrected. Right. So I'm picking Matt Damon. Me too. Yeah. And truly, even though I, I liked the movie, I liked his performance the best. Michael Stolbarg... We talked about how he felt about a series. Man, I think right. we were both disappointed there. And uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt would be my close second on that because I really liked his character in 500 Days of Summer. I agree. Okay, now, I guess we won't skip over anything, but we may be a little bit more flippant in some of our picks because <laughs> we haven't seen all these movies. Right. Although this one, okay, best animated, animated feature film. We have uh, The Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs, Coraline. Mm-hmm. The or Fantastic Mr. Fox, The Princess and the Frog, and Up. If I had no, granted, we only saw Up and Fantastic Mr. Fox. Right. Well, at least I only saw those. Did That's all I saw. I have Coraline. Oh, okay. Here. Maybe we should watch that. Yeah. Um, I would pick Up out of those. I'm pretty five. sure that if I had seen all five films, I would still pick, pick up. up. Me too. It's a really wonderful movie. Same here. Yep. Uh, best foreign language film. If we could skip over this one, yeah, we, would. we haven't seen any. We haven't of these. seen any of these, so let's just talk about what they are. Baria, which is an Italian film. Broken Embraces is the only one that I know, and that's the one with uh, Penelope Cruz. Right. The Maid, uh, a Prophet, or Un Prophet in France, and The White Ribbon. And I'm not even going to pronounce what it sounds like in German. Das Weißband. Eindeutscht Kindergast. Which sounds like a wonderful picture. <laughs> There's probably German listeners out there now that are have turned us off. <laughs> Sorry. Gesundheit. I'm going to make it up to you soon. <laughs> soon, Germany. And uh, we have some nominations coming up that I like. That are German. Right. Yeah. So. so, best performance by an actor, actress in a supporting role in a motion picture. We have Penelope Cruz for Nine, Vera Farmiga for Up in the Air, Anna Kendrick, Up in the Air, Monique Precious, and Julianne Moore, A Single Man. Right. We really need to see A Single Man. We do. What do you think? Um, who should win Monique? Who will win Monique? <laughs> Although Vera Farmiga, I think, very close second. Same here. Feel the same way. I think that's, out of all the nominations, that's the lock. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It'll um, be an upset if she doesn't win. Yeah. I'll be, I'll I'll be, be upset. Yeah. It'll be an Emily upset. <laughs> uh, best performance by an actor in a supporting role in a motion picture. Matt Damon in Invic- Invictus. Woody Harrelson in The Messenger. Christopher Plummer in The Last Station. Stanley Tucci in The Lovely Bones. And Christoph Waltz in Inglorious Bastards. 
I'm going to have to go with Christoph Waltz on that one. I'm going with Christoph Waltz all the way. He was fantastic. He was the best part of that movie. And it was a wonderful movie, but he was great. Right. No, we didn't see Woody Harrelson or Christopher Plummer in The Messenger of the Last And I hear Woody Harrelson's really good. I did, too. But I I don't know. He'd have to be really good for me to get over Christoph Waltz. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Um, Next, we have Best Director of a Motion Picture. Catherine Bigelow for The Hurt Locker. James Cameron in Avatar, Clint Eastwood for Invictus, Jason, is it Reitman or Reitman? Reitman. Jason Reitman for Up in the Air, and Quentin Tarantino for Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> uh, I'm going with Catherine Bigelow all the way on this. Me First too. of all, I, mean, I don't even want to look at it as a female director directing such a great film that isn't a female-driven film. Mm-hmm. But she, she just directed a great movie, and... You know, Up in the Air and Inglorious Bastards are really good movies. Up in the Air is a wonderful movie, but just knock it out of the park, kind of pitch perfect movie. Her Locker is a, a really great movie, and she did a great job. I agree. So, Catherine Bigelow. Yes. Uh, best uh, screenplay motion picture Neil Blom- Blomkamp and Terry Tatchell for District 9, Mark Bowl for The Hurt Locker. Nancy Myers for It's Complicated, Jason Reitman and Sheldon Turner for Up in the Air, and Quentin Tarantino for Inglorious Bastards. That's a tough one for me. That is tough. I'm torn between um, Up in the Air and Inglorious Bastards. Although I think... I'd have to say Quentin Tarantino on that one. I agree. Up in the Air is a really well-written film, um, but there's certain scenes in Inglorious Bastards where you go... No one else could write this but Quentin Tarantino, mm-hmm. and you don't often see, like, people sitting around a table for f- 10 minutes having a discussion. You don't see that that much right. m- anymore. Right. It's such, you know, quick shots. And so, and they're talking about, uh, there's some scene where they're talking about King Kong or something, where they're slapping these cards on their foreheads. Yes, yes, in the bar. Yeah. And it's just a wonderful scene to me, and I don't see that much Mm-mm. often. And even at the beginning with Christoph Waltz, there's this whole long scene where he's hiding that was a very long scene and it's very tense but you i didn't i wasn't waiting for it to be over right so i gotta go with because it's not going to get best picture i got that's what i like about all quentin tarantino movies they're well written yeah and i'm never just waiting for a scene to pass so i can get to what's next yeah you just when you go to his movies you got to sit there and just watch right you know you can't be looking at your watch thing you know you got to go in knowing right yeah so um so best original score for a motion picture Michael Giacchino, I think is how you say that. Up, Marvin Hamlish and the Informant. James Horner for Avatar. Abel, Abel Korzeniowski for A Single Man. And Karen O. and Carter Bur- Burwell for Where the Wild Things Are. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. I guess Up, up is the most... Uh, that, the one where I felt like the music touched me the most. When we did that review, that's one of the things Thank I pointed said, out right. was yeah. the music. So I'm going to have to go with Up. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Um, best original song for a motion picture, um, Cinema Italiano for Nine. I Want to Come Home, which was in Everybody's Fine. I See You from Avatar. The Weary Kind from Crazy Heart. And Winter, that was in Brothers. Right. And I guess I should have said who sang all of those, but I didn't. <laughs> I uh, would go with, uh, oh, sorry, you go ahead. Oh, you go ahead. Okay. I'm going to go with Cinema Italiano. I think this is the only category where nine will actually win something. 
And I'm going to go with The Weary Kind from Crazy Heart. I really like that song. Okay. And you may be right. All right. So now we get into television, mm-hmm. and we're going to go with best television series uh, drama. And we have Big Love, which is on HBO, uh, Dexter, which is on Showtime, House on Fox, Mad Men on AMC, and True Blood on HBO. I'm going to have to go. I have seen one episode of True Blood and probably a handful of Big Love and Dexter episodes. Mm -hmm. So I'd have to go with Mad Men on that. I'm going with Mad Men also just because it's won two two years in a row. It's kind of like the the favorite. Right. And I haven't watched any of the other shows. (laughs) Well, you've watched House, just not this season. Yeah. Uh, best performance by an actress in a television series drama. We have Glenn Close in Damages, January Jones in Madman, Juliana Margulies in A Good Wife, Anna Paquin, Paquin, Paquin in True Blood, and Kira Sedgwick in The Closer. I have heard that Anna Paquin is a lock-in for this, so I'm going to go with her, even though, I, I mean, I've seen her performance in True Blood once or twice, mm-hmm. and she's good. Um I don't know that I would pick any of these women over the other. I like Kara Sedgwick. I haven't seen The Good Wife. Uh, January Jones, I can take or leave in Mad Men. <laughs> and uh, Glenn Close, I've heard, is great in Damages. But I'm just going to, on a whim, pick Anna Paquin. I'm going to pick The Upset because I don't watch any of these shows. And I'm going to say Juliana Margulies. Okay. Yeah. Um, the best performance by an actor in a television series drama we have Simon Baker for The Mentalist, Michael C. Hall for Dexter, John Hamm for Mad Men, Hugh Laurie in House, and Bill Paxton in Big Love. Uh, once again, I don't watch any of these shows, <laughs> so I'm going to pick the upset. I think most people think John Hamm, Mad Men. Actually, I'm going to go for John Hamm and Mad Men. I'm going to go for Michael C. Hall and Dexter. I've, from what I've heard, he's just gotten better and better really? as the series has progressed. I need to watch that show. We should Netflix it. True. We should mention that Netflix is now going to start streaming movies on the Wii. Right. So Emily's very excited. I am excited. Um, Best television series, comedy or musical. We have the ubiquitous 30 Rock, Entourage, Glee, Modern Family, and The Office. This is tough. Is it? Uh, Yes, because I think Glee may have a shot. Because it's the new one, and 30 Rock has won like the past three years. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually going to say Glee. I think I'm going to go with 30 Rock. Okay. And you know how much I love Glee. But yeah. the, the only thing about Glee is the storyline. The, the storylines for the adults on that show are starting to irritate me. Are they? Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to go with 30 Rock. If it just said just best comedy, but the fact that this is like really the only musical and comedy right. and musical... That's true. I'm just going to go with Glee. And Modern Family could be the upset on yeah, that one. Yeah, that's true. That's and very, I've heard it. Funny. Yeah, and I haven't watched any of it. Yeah, so, I've heard that too. It's a wild card. Uh, best performance by an actress in a television series, comedy, or musical. Tony Collette in the United States of Terra. Courtney Cox in Cougar Town. Edie Falco in Nurse Jackie. Tina Fey in 30 Rock and Lee. Leah Michelle. Leah Michelle in Glee. I'm going to have to go with Leah Michelle on that one. Are you? Yeah. Good. I'm going to go with... Uh, Although I have heard that Tony Collette is amazing. And you guys yeah, I'm going to go with Tony Collette, and I haven't even watched it. I think Tina Fey has had a run. Yes. So, Tony Collette for me and Leah Michelle for you. Okay. All right. 
um, for Best Performance by an Actor in a Television Series, Comedy, or Musical is Alec Baldwin for 30 Rock, Steve Carell for The Office, David Duchovny for Californication, Thomas Jane in Hung, and Matthew Morrison for Glee. Um, this may be a close one. Uh, I really love Alec Baldwin, so I'm going to say Alec Baldwin. Yeah, I'm going to go with Alec Baldwin, too. Okay. <laughs> that, there's a few, though. Like, Matthew Morrison, I could see. Again, Glee's kind of the trendy thing right now, so I could see Matthew Morrison taking it. I could True. also see Steve Carell. Um, I've only seen Hung a, for a few episodes he of Hung. He was good in that, too. He was good in that. Yeah. David Duchovny is great in Californication. That's a, that, to me, is a toss-up right there. Right. So, yeah. best miniseries or a motion pic- picture made for television? I have seen none of these. <laughs> I haven't either. Georgia O'Keefe. Grey Gardens, Into the Storm, Little Dorrit, and Taking Chance. I'm going to say Grey Gardens because I haven't seen any of these. Yeah, Grey Gardens is the only one where I even know the story. So, right. Uh, best performance by an actress in a miniseries, a motion picture made for television: Joan Allen for Georgia O'Keeffe, Drew Barrymore for Grey Gardens, Jessica Lange for Grey Gardens, Anna Paquin for The Courageous Heart of Irina Sindler. And Sigourney Weaver for Prayers for Bobby. Um, I'd probably go with Jessica Lange or Drew Barrymore. <laughs> right. Again, the only two that I know. I'm going to pick Drew Barrymore because she's been around for a while, and I don't think she's won anything. So. No, that's true. Uh, best performance by an actor in a miniseries, a motion picture made for television. Kevin Bacon, Taking Chance. Kenneth Branagh, Wallander, One Step Behind. Oh, Good job with that. Chewetto, Chewetto, EG4, EGO4, which we know him. We just we don't a lot know. of people call him Chewy yeah. in Endgame. Brendan Gleeson in Into the Storm and Jeremy Iron, Irons in George O'Keefe. If my two favorite of those are Kenneth Branagh and Jeremy Irons, so that's all I can go by. Okay, you're not even going to give one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Chewy because he's the only black guy in the ca- in the category. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Best How per- many more do we have? Not Just, that many. Okay. Um, I lost my surprise. There we go. Best performance by an actress in a supporting role in a series, miniseries, or motion picture made for te- television. We have Jane Addams in Hung, Rose Byrne for Damages, Jane Lynch in Glee, Janet McTeeter Into the Storm, and Chloe Savigny. Is it Savigny? Savigny. Yeah. Savigny. Savigny in Big Love. Um, I've only seen Glee, but I really like Jane, Jane Lynch in Glee, so I'm going to pick her. I'm going to go with that. I too. actually hope she wins. Me too. Best performance by an actor in a supporting role in a series, miniseries, or motion picture made for television. Michael Emerson for Lost. Neil Patrick Harris in How I Met Your Mother. William Hurt for Damages. John Lithgow in Dexter. And Jeremy Piven, Entourage. It's a tough one. Because when I don't watch any of these shows, although I've watched How I Met Your Mother, um, and I'm pretty sure all these guys have won before, besides Michael Emerson, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say John Lithgow. I'm going to go with Jeremy Piven. Okay. Um, And that's it. We are looking forward to the show tonight. Mm-hmm. Especially since we don't have to like go to bed right after. Exactly. So we, we can, can just lounge party. around, right? Celebrate the winners. Because <laughs> we usually stay up late and party. Right. right. Vodka tonics. Yay, Jeremy Piven. 
We're very wild and crazy. Right. I know you can't tell from this podcast, <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. Anything else? Um, no, I I don't think so. I don't have anything else either. I don't Do you think that was boring? Us making those picks? No. Do you? I don't think so. I mean, people listen to the, I think, this I ho- show. I hope that people who listen to this actually like movies. Because if you don't, then you're probably annoyed. Right. And if you've listened to 20 episodes and you haven't figured out that we <laughs> enjoy movies, then that's all on you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, um, first, Seattle Joe, WTF, where yeah. are you? We Casey. miss you and love you. Yeah, Casey. Blank. MIA. And I want to say a very special hello to my friend Brian Five. Five obviously isn't his last name, but he goes by Brian Five. I know you are a supporter of the Vagabond Exchange as you text and email me to tell me so, and I appreciate that. And additionally, we appreciate you becoming a follower on on Twitter because that brings us up to a grand total of one. Yes, we have Twitter one follower. follower. So um, this 11 year, eleven more will be like Jesus. <laughs> Which is our goal. Right. This year, it is my personal goal um, to get the Vagabond Exchange's website up and running, as well as um, get our Facebook, maybe MySpace, and Twitter stuff all running on all cylinders. So I appreciate the early interest that our friends have taken, because if we didn't have you, we're not sure that anyone else We wouldn't have anyone. Maybe two other people would be listening. Right. And so thank you. We should say that we're, like we said on the last podcast, we're on a hiatus as far as traveling goes until April, probably. Right. Um, but we do plan on going to San Francisco in April. So if you have any suggestions, you know, we've been there three times, but I'm sure there's a ton there's of stuff that we haven't new seen. To discover. Yes. Yeah. In and or around San Francisco. So email us with your suggestions right. at vagabondexchange at gmail.com or hit us up on our Facebook page. Just look for Vagabond Exchange under Facebook. Yep. So um, the wine is almost gone and we are Sadly, almost gone so too. so is our patience. Yep. So we will see you guys next week. That's right. Before I leave you, make sure you have all of your personal belongings and use caution when opening the overhead bins as items may have shifted during the flight. We thank you for flying with us today. We truly appreciate your business and look forward to serving you on a future flight.